0: Punk's not dead, and neither is New Wave. Join Buzz and Ben on Static Rage, the punk and New Wave album review podcast. Back again to Static Rage, a punk and post-punk podcast. I'm the Reverend Dangerously, and with me as always is Mr. Buzzalicious Buzz Will. How are you doing today, Buzz?
1: I don't know. I think I'm okay. But see, I want to believe because I feel like the music is, in fact, out there.
0: (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So this episode, we are looking back at the first studio album by the band X, released on April 26th of 1980 on Slash Records, produced by Ray Mansurek. Yes, that Ray Mansurek, the keyboard player for The Doors. I can't remember if I said the name of the album or not, so I'm just going to repeat it. It's Los Angeles with a runtime of 28 minutes and 5 seconds. So this is a incredibly critically acclaimed album being listed as one of the top 40 punk albums of all time. And it's also on the Rolling Stones top 500 albums list of all time. What say you, Buzz? How do you feel about this?
1: Uh, Well, first off, fuck the Rolling Stone magazine. Um, Let's just get out in the open. I don't really care what they think. Uh, I don't really think I ever have. And I think anyone that is truly into punk really shouldn't. Um, And it's kind of going against what punk is about. But with that said, I don't know that I call it one of the greatest albums, but it's it's okay.
0: A ringing endorsement. This is an okay album.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I looked up the reviews on it uh, before we started talking about it. And I was like, man, why these people are like praising on it. I was like, it was okay. <laughs> it was, it certainly wasn't bad. But I was like, damn, I'll, I guess this must be one of those generational things that I wasn't around for because this album came out like four years before I was born, so I didn't really get to grow up with it like a lot of people did. But I don't know, it, it was, it was okay. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit later.
0: I mean, I was alive, but I sure shit wasn't listening to it in 1980 because I would have been four. I think it's slightly better than okay. It is different from a lot of the punk that we've talked about because it's not really that fast. It's not really that aggressive. It is very political and it has a lot to say, but really I think that when we talked about Joy Division and how much the producer of that changed the sound from their live sounds to what was on the album, kind of the same thing happens here in that if you listen to some of the live tracks from this era Or some of the stuff they play, like, they prominently feature them in The Decline of Western Civilization um, and also in a Germs biopic, What We Do Is is Secret. Both of those sound much punkier than what is on the album itself, than the song they try, is Nausea. But he, but still, this is an incredibly, kind of like when we're talking about day abortions, even though this is a band much earlier in their career, this is incredibly well played. The musicianship is on point. The writing is very sarcastic and almost kind of bitter in a way that a lot of punk is not necessarily. So I kind of liked that. I do think that it doesn't sound, it sounds different but not groundbreaking from other punk. And I guess that's why it did so well on these lists. Um, I know Henry Rollins raves about this album. And he was there for it at the time. and um, So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm kind of like you in that I don't know that I think it's one of the top punk albums of all time. But I do enjoy it. And I do think that it is a really good takedown of Los Angeles and kind of that California vibe. Um, it's being very critical of that a time when I don't know
1: that a lot of people were. So another thing, as well as um, the song "The Unheard Music" was used in one of the seasons of The X Files. It was the, uh, the the vampire episode, the one where there was like a cult going around, like draining people's blood with needles. I don't know if you remember that one, but that was actually one of the better episodes The X Files did. Um, but there was like a part in, it, there's like a scene where David Duchovny's e. character is in a club, and it's like playing in the background. Um, I remember that as a kid even though I didn't know who the band was, I, like, once I heard the song, I'm like, oh, I know what this is, because I remember that scene, um, so it's a pretty good episode, but that's not here and there, uh, talking about what I said when I said it was okay, um, remember, okay doesn't mean it's bad, it just means it's okay, I don't know that it's really anything earth-shattering, um, what I did think is that it's definitely, it has, like, almost like an early punk feel, like, it wasn't it wasn't overly aggressive, and it almost felt like it was starting starting their transition of punk to post-punk. I almost want to call this more of a post-punk album because of how a little bit slower it was. There are elements of rockabilly in there as well, um, especially on the second second track, especially. Um, and there's another track that has a lot of keyboard in it and almost had this, like, is, are they going for, like, a more psychedelic feel? I, I don't... And I guess that's where my, my criticisms of this album come from it's not that i didn't like the music it's that it's kind of all over the place it didn't really stick with one particular theme it's almost like they had different themes going on um i can appreciate that from a musician standpoint but if this is billing itself as a punk band i don't know that i really would agree with it that would be the best route to go um with that said um the musicianship is very good on this i actually enjoyed the production as well for a Band that came out from 1980, well, not the band, but the album from 1980. Um, I don't know if what I heard was a cleaned up version, but it sounded really good. Um, not, not what I was expecting from the sound quality. There is a remastered
0: version. That's not what I listened to, and I don't know what you listened to, but I, I listened to the 1980s version, and I thought it the sound quality was still on point. I forgot to give the personnel earlier, so I'm going to go do that now. John Doe on bass and lead vocals. Xzine on vocals she's a female vocalist billy zoom on guitars and dj Bonebreak on drums and then ray Manzarek came in and played organs on nausea the unheard music the world is a mess it's my kiss uh and synthesized on sex and dying in high society
1: and yeah, i think that might have been where uh, part of my confusion came from as well it, it so even before i knew who uh who was helping them on keyboards. I, I kept thinking like, this is, this almost feels like the doors. And I, I know that this isn't that much later when, uh, when the doors broke up because of, uh, everything that happened there. But I, I really got that kind of feel and I was like, well, is it because they're from California? Is this what's going on at the time? But I don't think so because there's other punk bands that didn't do this. So I have no idea what's happening. Um, also, this is probably only the second time I've actually listened to this album. Um, I know I've heard it before. I've seen the artwork before. That's something that like, I remembered seeing as soon as you mentioned that we should do it. And I was like, huh, well, okay, let me pull this up. I remember seeing this when I was a kid. I don't remember listening to it, but I remember seeing it at a record shop. Um, so it, I, even though this is the second time I heard it, I, I'm going to say it's my first true time listening to it. Because I think the first time I heard it, I was younger and I wasn't able to digest everything that was being said. So, you know, and and maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe I just didn't, I didn't grow up with it, as I said, so I didn't have that fresh face look on it. It was more of I'm looking back on it now and going, yeah, okay, that's cool, I guess.
0: Yeah, I can kind of touch on that um, Doors portion of it because what happened is Ray went to a show because he had become a producer To check out a band and it wasn't this band another band that was playing and he heard them and they did a cover of a Doors song and he really liked what they did. So he tried to get them a record deal and when that didn't happen they just recorded an album and released it independently which is, you know, kind of punk in its own way. There's some controversy with this album and this band in recent years especially with the title track Los Angeles because if you haven't heard the song it is Written from the point of view of somebody that the vocalist John Doe, who wrote the song, knew who had kind of gone crazy while living in London. And the longer they lived there, they just became more anti-Semitic and racist and just really kind of went off the deep end. So they wrote that about Los Angeles, but from the point of view of the character. So there's a lot of racial slurs and stuff like that. So they actually quit performing it live. Um, I read an interview from last year with the band talking about that, that for the last two years they hadn't played it. And it's funny because he said, the, John says, I haven't spun this album in probably 30 years because we play it all the goddamn time. So there's no reason for me to listen to it on record. <laughs> Which I thought, fair point. When you have to play your own albums all the time, I'm sure you don't go back and listen to them very much.
1: So. Yeah, I, I don't know anyone that makes their own well, album they make their own albums uh, music etc I don't know that many people that go back and actually listen to it except for like once or twice just to kind of see how it was recorded um, you get a yeah. few people that might have it like in their collection like hey I did this but they don't have like you know a big like hey we're gonna have a big list it's not gonna be like a print they're not gonna pull a prince and go hey let's have a listening party at my house <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> so, Um as somebody who has been in bands and recorded a couple of CDs along the way, I do have copies of both of them. I almost never listen to them, and I've cannibalized some of the music for other projects. Um, like, uh, if you listen to my Thunderdome Metal Reviews podcast, the intro is one of our songs. that I was like, well, instead of paying royalties to somebody, I'll just take this that I own and not have to worry about copyright issues. Um so yeah, I definitely see that. Um, when you're making something new, I can see having a listening party, just hey, this is the new shit, check it out. But I sure as fuck wouldn't listen to something that I'd made thirty over thirty years ago all the time either, especially not if I was still playing it live.
1: I do think it's kind of sad that they won't, uh, they don't like doing Los Angeles live because of what's being said in it. Um, I, I get not wanting to offend people, but I also get, this is a punk band. And if you get offended by something, you know, you should probably understand what they're talking about before you throw a fucking fit. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of these people, if I hear something that offends me, I'm going to like, okay, why is this bothering me? Let me look up what they're talking about before I like go off on a shit fit and be like, you're a fucking horrible person. I'm going to go, okay, what is the perspective of speaking of? Oh, well then that makes sense then. Okay. It's kind of like reading Mark Twain. Yeah. And taking things out of that and going, well, this is a bad word. Well, did you fucking read it to the end? No, you probably should, because the character finds out you shouldn't be saying that. That's the whole point. Um, that's kind of filled with a lot of music, too. I, I think and this is my argument with a lot of modern society. Like I get that there are fucked up, horrible people out there, but I also feel like there's also people trying to make a point. And when you focus on how so again, going back to Diggle abortions, when you're focusing on what words people are using instead of what they're trying to convey, that's more of a problem with you rather than what's being said and it i guess that makes me sad because i'm like why would you just give up on that when you should just be like no no that's not what the song is about and we're not going to cave to this like either look it up or don't well they have started
0: playing it live again they they rewrote it a little bit but he talked about that in the interview and i thought it was a very interesting point because he, he talked about the people who knew what the song was about who took a a point of view very similar to what you're espousing hey that's not the point this is a critique of that and and it's trying to call attention to how fucked up it is to be racist and everything it's an anti-racist song but he also talks about it goes that we wrote that in 1980 so that's 41 years ago and a lot of people who don't know us and have never heard it before are thinking that is our message and you can say yeah they should go back and look at it but Chances are they're not going to do that, and so they decided not to play it for a little while, then they reworked it, and they started playing it again, so I can kind of see both points. Um, Is it a shame that they had to do that? Maybe. I don't know that they necessarily had to, because I don't remember ever hearing any hullabaloo about it. I think it's just something that the band themselves decided to do, and if that's something that they decided to do through self-censorship as opposed to somebody making them do, then I... I, I guess I really don't care either way because it doesn't make that much difference to me, but I would give them much more credit for self-censoring than being forced to. If somebody forced them to do it, that kind of sucked. But if they decided to do it themselves because some people were using their shit inappropriately, then I get that. Um, kind of like when, I think it was Depeche mode for a while. I think it was, was it Richard Bannon? Somebody came out, um, Miss Richard Spencer came out and said that Depeche Mode was the sound of the alt-right movement. And so they came out all dressed up like Karl Marx and said, fuck you. That's not who we are. Um, So I kind of get that and responding to it. And when somebody's trying to appropriate what you've written inappropriately, you know, see, here's the song where they say these racial slurs. So obviously they're racist and this represents us and missing that point and fuck entirely. And the band policing that
1: themselves. I kind of support it. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's something they did themselves, that's one thing. I, I don't know. I just feel like that. I, I there's things I've said in the past I don't like walk away from. I'm like, yeah, I said it, and this is what I was saying, and I'm sorry you took the wrong way, but I, it sucks to be you, man. I don't know what to tell you, and I've lost friends over it. And then like 20 years later, they come back and want to reconnect, and we'll have that same argument again. Like, did you not pay attention last time when we had this discussion? I don't I don't understand. Like, you you really think I'm this kind of person? Okay, whatever. It, it's whatever, man. Um, I don't know I just feel like if, as a band if you say something like you have like full convictions about it and just go no no this is not what we're saying and be louder than the, the opposition and be like no this is not okay uh, you know coming out you know when musicians tell people tell politicians to stop using their songs like you're using it inappropriately stop it that's not okay this is what the song is about and I, I I don't know maybe I think that's part of me that goes when bands do that I mean it's their song they can do whatever they want but to me it kind of, it bothers me especially if they're a punk band man really that should be like the one time that you should be you should either be laughing at them or like being aggressively against doing something like that uh, it's 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 always kind of bothered me man stuff like that i you know we're gonna get to a philosophical rabbit hole we could going down that way but i just i it's that's kind of how i feel about it when it comes to bands man you just stand by what you wrote or don't but don't just don't try to like go you know, make it something it's not. It's tell people what it is. If they can't deal with it, that's on them. For sure.
0: Um, yeah, that would be a, a philosophical rabbit hole because I can I see your point and I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I can see their point and I think it's equally as valid. So, um, what songs would you like up here, man?
1: So let's go down. Um, the first two I really enjoyed. Um. I don't know why, but they were very catchy to me. And this is where I kind of get in my consternation of the album was just okay because I liked them. I don't know that I'd be like, hey, I'm gonna go play this. We're going down the road or something. But if it came on the radio, I don't know why it would, but let's say for sake of argument, it came on the radio. I'd sing along to it. Um, And it's funny because the songs are actually very serious in their lyrical content, but they're so almost like bubbly. That if you're not paying attention to the lyrics, you're going to go, okay, this is, this is like a fun little, little rockabilly song. And it's not, it hasn't, you know, it's just, it's this very, I mean, hell, the second, the second song is essentially about sexual assault. And if you're not listening to the lyrics, you're like, oh, well, this is, this is kind of fun. And I had to like listen to it like three or four times because I, I legit thought it was, oh, they're doing like a lot of punk bands do where they're talking about someone actually smacking someone with their car and leaving. And then like the second time I listened to it, I wasn't driving and I was like, wait a second. That's that's not what they're talking about at all. Hold on. <laughs> so, um, it, it's stuff like that, and every song on here is like that. If you're not paying attention, you're gonna, you're not going to understand what it's talking about. Um, so those who I enjoyed, I liked the Doors cover. Um, it's not the best cover I've ever heard, but I liked it. Uh, that would be the Soul Kitchen one. Yeah. Um, Nausea was okay. I really liked Los Angeles again because I liked what the lyrical content was about. That was one of those. As soon as I heard heard one of those words i was like wait a second let me pause this and go read the lyrics real quick um and then after like absorbing the lyrics it's like okay yeah i i it reminded me a lot of romeo's distress by christian death um because if you're not paying attention to the lyrics you think he's being an incredibly incredible racist and it's like the exact opposite so or another like another song um the uh holiday in cambodia by uh um, by Dave Kennedy's. I mean, the same kind of thing. There's a, a few, a few words and lyrics in that song, and they're a complete opposite of what you might think it's about. So, I I enjoy it when bands can do that for me. When I'm like, hey, wait, hold on, I have to stop and actually look at this. Yeah. Um. Other than that, the other one I really liked was the Unheard Music because that was the one song on here that, if I had to say anyone was the most serious, it was that one. Because I feel like that's talking about <clears throat> everyone into the. Uh, Punk, post-punk, and goth subcultures or countercultures as uh, as it can be. I mean, that's essentially what that song is about. It's like the anthem for all the kids that get ignored before before the edge kids took over in today's world, which is a topic for another day. But um, that's back during this time period. That was kind of like the anthem, I would say. So that, those were those are the ones I felt stood up the most.
0: I agree with most of that um i really think that the second half of the album so los angeles through the world of sms and my kiss are it's the strongest part i do like nausea soul kitchen i like their interpretation of the cover i just don't think it's that good of a song uh i'm not a big doors fan i think they got like two good songs so they were kind of behind a rock and a hard place for me on that anyway um, your point about Johnny Hit and Run Pauline is also very good, and your phone's off the hook, but you're not. It's also pretty good. So, I mean, I think the majority of the songs are good. It is kind of an effervescent punk album in that there's a lot bubbling beneath the surface. Um, it kind of reminds me of the term that you use for Concrete Blonde, the pastel goth kind of thing, or pop goth. You can say this is pop punk, but kind of, not the pop punk that we get in the 90s, which was kind of terrible. Although it's it's funny because the drummer for this wound up doing some stuff with the guys from Rancid. Although I like Rancid decently. So yeah, um, this is not the same thing as Black Flag or Dead Kennedys. But I did enjoy it and kind of liked their somewhat more accessible musicality that kind of lured you like a siren into the depths
1: of what their lyrics were about? I definitely feel like this is it, it does hit that pop punk moniker, but it's not the negative pop. It's, it's kind of like with the Ramones. It's like that pop punk where it's okay because it's still kind of new and I'm, I don't know if they got any radio play from these songs, but the fact that this album is so well known and so many people like it and will talk about it to this day. I think kind of lends itself to that. Hey, it was popular at the time because we hadn't heard anything like this before, um, much how much like how the Sex Pistols are popular. Um, you know, to where it's like they had that one album, and while I don't think the album is all that great, there it's a cultural phenomenon. I mean, I would put that almost here, but I would say this. I mean, obviously, I'd say this is a better band overall. Uh, but it, it really felt like that's what at least this album was going for. It's almost like, hey, we're new at this. Um, we're not really quite sure what route we want to take, but the musicianship is good. I mean, the production seemed very good. Um, the lyrical content wasn't bad. It was just, I, I don't know, it felt almost like it was too stuck in an older era rather than trying to be this new era, and it might be because it came out, in that transitional year, I think I've talked about this before on podcasts, like usually like a 79 1080 to an 81, like those within those three years, like a nine to a zero to a one. It's almost like a transitional phase for each decade. And like those, those three years would be, they're not really, they don't have their own identity. It's almost like they're trying to be something else. It's either ahead of its time or too late for its time. And that's kind of where I felt like this might have fallen into. It's like that whole, we're not really sure what we're trying to be yet.
0: Uh, that's an interesting take. Uh, I don't. I will push back a little bit in, in that I see what you're saying. I think it's almost because of Ray, uh, the dude Mazurinski or Mazarin from The Doors. I just fucked up his name really badly. But anyway, I, I feel that it's aping on the 60s vibe a little too much, which was. Uh, maybe a little weird for 1980, but I can definitely see it does kind of sound like an album out of time, and I'm not overly familiar with the band's work. I know that they do go on to release a new album every year, essentially from 1980 to 1987. The only years that they don't are 84 and 86, so they were maintaining consistent writing and touring and releasing of albums anyway. Um, they are much better than the fucking Sex Pistols from a musicianship standpoint, without a doubt. 100% agree.
1: Yeah, so, um, I, is anything else we need to talk about this before we get into grading? Nope, don't think so. I'm ready if you are. Cool. Well, if you don't mind, I'll go first, since this is my first true listen to this one. So, my two-grade system, let's let's talk about this for a minute. Everyone knows, if you've listened to this before, even if you've only ever listened to one to one episode, I do use two-grades. My two-grades for this are as follows, from the musicianship standpoint and the production standpoint. I'm going to give this an A. Um, it's not the best production I've heard, but the fact that it came out in 1980, and I, again, I don't know which version I listened to, because I had to find it on YouTube. I couldn't find it on uh any of the other, uh, places that I use. So I had to kind of use that. Um, and it might've been the remastered version. I don't know. Um, but the production I heard was very good and the quality was very good. Um, the, the lyrics were very well written. And so from a musician standpoint, yeah, that's where he gets an A, um, to reverse on that, going back to how I feel about this being a punk album. Exine's voice kind of grated on me just a little bit. I didn't dislike her voice, but she almost sounded like she was disinterested. And I don't know if that was on purpose um, because there's certain bands kind of like if you've ever listened to Blondie, it's that kind of feel like it's almost like she's using a fake voice in a way like the disinterested, like, okay, whatever, I'm seeing this. But I know from interviews that she's not like that. So I don't know if that's what's happening here. Again, this is the first time I've listened to this, and I never heard this lady talk, so I don't know what she sounds like. Um, But it almost sounded like they were trying to be a little too artistic for their own good, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It almost felt like they were trying to fall in that trap of, we're trying to be you know, beatniks, if you will, performing punk music. And that's that's really ultimately the vibe I got from this, and it might have been because... um, because the keyboards from the doors helped them out it might have been that maybe it was because they, were, they tried to go back to an older sound um when i know that as much as i like rockabilly and psychabilly i like that older style of music but that's because i expect it this i wasn't really expecting um looking at the album cover it, it felt like i was expecting something a little more fast-paced um reminded me a lot of the day kennedy's album cover that we reviewed uh, the fresh fruit for Writing vegetables i mean something's on fire in a in a in a a black backdrop probably in the middle you know either in a street or in the middle of the woods somewhere so I would expect it to be a little more edgy and while the lyrics were there the music really wasn't and it it, I don't know if it just something didn't click for me or what exactly it was but something just didn't rise that level of this could have been a lot better than I felt like it was with that said um, I would listen to this album again if they were still touring around here I might even go see them but as it stands from a punk perspective i'm going to give it a c plus
0: i'm kind of going to split the difference between your two grades as i sometimes do and come in at a b plus i think that this is a really good album it's very well played it's very well produced i actually enjoyed the way that it if you listen to it lyrically and really paid attention it was very punk but it didn't sound traditionally punk so i kind of enjoyed that i i I honestly think that this is probably the grandfather album from which we get Concrete Blonde, which we talked about a few weeks back, and I really enjoyed them. So I kind of make that connection as the musical inheritors of this band. So do I think it's one of the top 40 whatever punk albums of all time? That's all subjective. It depends on who you're talking to. Not really, but I did really enjoy it, and I would listen to it. I think it's a very good just put on and go about your business album
1: yeah this is a background noise for the most part i don't mean that in a bad way it was i mean the majority of me listening to it was while i was driving um, back and forth to work but i also did you know listen to it when i was at home a few times to try to absorb a little bit more of it but yeah this is it's good traveling music man um i'd even have it on as a background if i was like cleaning my house or something but and it's sad because the lyrics should feel like they should lend more to it, but I really feel like the, the the popish kind of music really kind of killed it for me. Fair enough.
0: Um, I don't know that I've said that necessarily on this podcast. It would be kind of weird if I have, but I consider this uh, a dinner party album. It's something that you can put that the people who are into are going to get, and the people who are not are going to catch glimpses, and it would lead to good conversation.
1: It's safe unless they actually listen to the lyrics. That's, that's, I think, a good comparison.
0: For sure, for sure. So what are we going to do next time, my friend?
1: Next time, well, since we're saying with an X theme, I think we might want to go ahead and do what happens when you have a generation of Xers. Not the crappy comic from the 90s,
0: Generation X yeah or even the actual generation x because i'm pretty sure that they are all too old to be in that generation as a gen xer i think they are considering but maybe not i don't know i could just be talking up
1: my ass which is not uncommon for this podcast yeah generation x thought to be the coolest generation i don't know though we we might talk about that next next uh (laughs) we might indeed till then keep your head down keep your
0: powder dry